0: back to Feed the Post, a Purdue basketball podcast, but today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk more a little bit Big Ten basketball I'm here with my friend and co-host Aiden Koontz. Aiden, how are you doing today?
1: Doing good. Excited to get this going. I think we can do like a little bonus episode each week on the Big Ten since we like kind of talking about the conference at large and hopefully the our listeners will enjoy the little um, kind of compliment to, to Purdue. So I hope it goes well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, you know, we have, a, we have these couple kind of weeks of break. Um, so not, not as big games, but yep. um, especially once we get into big 10 play, I feel like there'll be be a lot of overlap with Purdue in general anyways. So, sure, um, you know, just with everybody playing everybody. And it's just, I think it's going to be going to be a really fun year in the big 10. A um, lot of good teams, even the bad teams aside from like Minnesota are still going to be feisty um, at times. You know, we saw that with the, the Purdue game against Nebraska Northwestern's, yep. you know, already beat Michigan state. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun, fun season from top to bottom.
1: Yep. Absolutely. I think there's just, you know, taking the landscape of the, the league at large right now, it, it seems that there's kind of a clear best team and a clear worst team. And so, and everybody else is kind of uh flavor of the month kind of thing. So, uh, it's, it's an interesting. The league's inter- as interesting as ever this year. So excited to talk about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree. I was, a. Uh... I did the, or I do, I do weekly rankings for CBB review and uh, my, my, you know, I do the big 10 and this week pretty much when I tweeted it out was like the top and bottom teams are set. And then the rest is like, I I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't know either. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Obviously we won't really do Purdue on this version of the pod that we will go deep on Purdue once a week. And then this will be like a compliment each week if, if it works out how we kind of want it to. So.
0: Yeah, or at least I would say I would say we're gonna consistently do Purdue every week and then I would assume Big Ten is gonna be most weeks. Yep. Um, I think that's all. fair. Yeah. So but yeah, today we're just going to we're gonna be talking about some of the teams that have maybe been overperforming or underperforming compared to preseason expectations and just kind of whether we buy or sell um, you know, their starts to the season. So um go through about five teams and then we're also just gonna talk about Indiana and Illinois because they are, you know, two of the top three, four teams, whatever you wanna you wanna put them at. So um, we're going to get started with a team that had, you know, super, super hop start and then has, um, you know, fallen off a bit recently in these last few games, and that is Maryland Terrapins. So they started 8-0 um, with a, you know, really big home victory over Illinois, and now they've lost to Wisconsin by five, Tennessee by three, and then just got smacked um, at home against UCLA with they just they could not get anything going so um you know they're kind of i feel like fourth fifth best team is where a lot of people have in power ranked right now um so we're just going to kind of based on that so like do you do you buy or sell this this start for the for the maryland
1: um i i think i was always selling it a little bit um like last night even i, I was saying to a friend i'd i'd be kind of all over that uh plus two Mar- ucla or whatever they were dogs and I just think you know you tend to these teams tend to get a little bit overhyped when they have a big start. Um, you just kind of look at who they've beaten, and it was you know St. Louis and Miami, Florida, and those teams are it was big wins over both. But um, you know I it, I just wanted to see more, and now I think we we've seen a little more, albeit against three really really good teams. Uh, not easy to win at Wisconsin or against Tennessee or UCLA. Um, but just to get smoked like they did at home last night, um, that was a tough thing for them. I think that was kind of tough to see as a big 10 fan. I was kind of rooting for Maryland. Uh, but then it was just, it was just a, a avalanche. Um, so after that, it's tough to really like be all in on this team. Um, but some of the guys, you know who I liked? I, I've been a fan of Jameer Young since he came over from Charlotte. I was kind of trying to talk him up, and he's been pretty good. Um, He was dreadful last night, but he's been pretty good overall. And, uh, you know, they, I I love their first five. Where, I, where I'm buying or where I'm selling them, excuse me, is I just I think they're very, very thin. Uh, really not a fan of their bench, although Ian Martinez had a nice game last night. Uh, But, like, I just don't think uh, they're deep enough to be a true contender in the Big Ten. I think they will hang around. Uh, Xfinity Center is a tough place to play. So, they'll be a team that can pick you off on any given night. And I think they'll probably be a more of a bubble-type team uh, as far as the NCAA tournament goes. Um, But the great thing about the league is, like, any of these teams could be comfortably in the tournament or – on the outside looking in because you basically have a chance for a major resume win every night. So, you know, with Maryland, it's like there's a lot of opportunity to get into that upper tier and I mean what their ceilings as high as anyone, as far as, you know, three, four, three, five seed, whatever mm-hmm. they, that's all in place still. But um, I do think I'm, I'm kind of selling them as far as a real contender for the big 10. I don't think they shoot it well enough from three and and I, and I don't think they're deep enough. So.
0: Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. I sell them as being a true contender. Um, although I think I do buy them as being like a, you know, top five, top six team in the Big Ten, I think.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: I think, yeah, I, I agree with the depth. Um, I like Ian Martinez off the bench and then a million's shown some stuff. Um, aside from that, I don't, you know, they don't really have a ton. Um, the big thing is going to be, I was just kind of looking through, and it's going to be the two-point shooting. They started out on fire from two. Um have really cooled off. So I'm just gonna list off their two-point percentages throughout the season, like in order yeah. of their games. 51%, 60%, 61, 61, 72%, 62%, 59%. Then it's 48%, 35%, 53%, 44 percent Um teams have really started to just kind of more pack it in and they're gonna dare him to shoot, you know, shoot from three. And Maryland doesn't really have shooters right now. Hakeem Hart's shooting well, he's at 39% um martinez is nine for 22 so what two two attempts a game pretty much mm-hmm. um yeah. so he's been fine but that's the one one area where jameer young has really struggled is shooting um aside from that he's i've really really liked him you know we've talked about it he's just he's a, he just generates so many paint touches out of pick and roll um you know had a i think a what seven assist game against in tennis against the loss against tennessee Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was really just good, just getting downhill, getting into the pain and able to kind of facilitate that from there. Um, but yeah, I just don't think the offense is going to be quite there and quite enough to, to really put them into that, that tier one of the big 10.
1: Um, yeah. And they do, you know, they play Purdue twice. I mean, the schedule is a huge factor here as far as how are they going to do in the league? You know, yeah. uh, they play Purdue twice. They get Indiana once at home, which is nice. Uh, Ohio State twice. They've already beaten Illinois. They don't play them again. So the schedule sets up favorably. Like, I, I would think them being a top four seed with that schedule is is well within reach. And, yeah. and as you said earlier, like, of course, we're doing this buy or sell thing. But it's like, what were the expectations preseason? You know, nothing. Yeah. So for them to be playing this well, I guess you kind of have to buy them, like, I don't know. It just gets into the kind of semantics, but, you know, like for their fans, a top four seed in the league would be an awesome start to the Willard era there. And, you know, I don't think like, like even if they fall off and just make the tournament, I think fans will be happy or they should be. Right. I mean, you don't want to get disillusioned by a a great start and just think that, Oh, that's who we are. You know, that's kind of playing the results rather than the process. So.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Well, I think, I had them ranked 11th and I think, I think that was, you know, roughly their, their most common ranking nine, yeah. 10, 11 yeah. um, and to be, you know, even if we don't think they're true contenders, they're still at least like, they're a part of that conversation. now. Yeah, They're four, five, six, they're four yeah. or five. Six. Yep. Like they're going to, you know, nobody's going to want to play them. Um, you know, they'll, they'll have a chance for a double buy in the big 10 tournament and like, you know, they, they, they can make some noise for sure. Um, yep. Do you have, do you have yep. anything else on Maryland? No, we can move on. We can move on. All right, we're gonna move on to a team that I think we'll we're gonna talk about probably a bit. A team that that we both have loved, um, watching this far this season, and that is Penn State. They are currently seven and three, uh, one and one in conference. Um, they're just they're just such a fun team. Um, I'm going to I'll start this one. I'm going to buy them being like a, a really solid team, like a top you know half of the league team, um, you know. I think they're another team that's projected middle to a little bit lower, below mid uh, in the Big Ten. And, you know, they very well could be like a 5-6 seed. I think they're they're kind of in that tier with Maryland for me um, where they can, you know, they're going to make noise. They're going to be, like, nobody's going to want to play them, but I don't know if they're quite at the, like, competing for Big Ten level. Um, just a such a fun team to watch. 50% of their shots are from three, and they're shooting 40.2% from three, which is 11th best in the country. Um, you know, they play that, that super, that small five ball or a small ball with, with, uh, dread at the five, if they wants, and he's a six four forward guard yeah. that has taken one, two on the year and he is 27 for 57 from three. Yeah. Um, and then this all, this all starts with Jalen Pickett. You know, we, we've both said, I, I've you know tweeted about it. Like he's the best guard in the big 10 right now. Um, He's, you know, had he had the triple double against, I forget who that was against. Was that Butler? Maybe. Yeah, I think, I think it was so. against totally. Butler. Yeah. Um, second highest assist rate in the country per Ken Palm with So he's assisting on almost half of uh, Penn State shots while in the game. Um, averaging, let's see, I have him out. He has averaging 16.2 points, 7.7 rebounds, 7.5 assists, 1.5 steals. And he isn't shooting great from three. That's like the one kind of downfall. And he's really the only one on the team. That isn't shooting great outside of like the couple bigs that aren't really expected to. Um, but then it makes it fun that he, you know, he runs point but is going to back guys down and then facilitate from there. He'll run pick and roll, generate pay touch, and then either kick out or go into that post up. Um, you know, against yeah. Illinois and that, that, that you know, 15 point win over Illinois, uh, he was just getting Sky Clark switched onto him every time and then just going into the post, and Illinois had, had no answer for it. Um, I think they're just going to be a really fun matchup for, well, fun. They're going to be a fun matchup to watch. They're going to be a tough matchup for teams because, you know, thinking like Purdue, Michigan, IU, kind of more dominant bigs? um, Do you, you know, do you try and space with them and then just run your big out to the, like out on the three-point line? Do you try to go small and match more with what Penn State does? You know, how much does Penn State go to that dread at the five where they're just playing five guys that are between six, four and six, six? Um, you know, just going to be really, really fun. So what what are your kind of thoughts?
1: Yeah, and I love watching them. They're one of my favorite teams, as as you know. And um, my, I think Micah Shrewsbury is as good a coach, as, as good a young coach as you'll find. Uh, but I am going to sell them, like, just being a, I don't know, just being a top half of the league team, I guess, what I would say. Uh, I do think they'll finish. You know, the reality is they could be very good and finish 10th or 11th. And still make the tournament. Um, yeah, and still make the tournament. Like I'm not saying they won't make the tournament. I'm just saying I I do think their style of play is difficult to sustain at this point. I mean, uh, they're among the worst offensive rebounding teams in the country. Yeah, uh, that's a, a scary place to be in the Big Ten. And again, they've only played Illinois, Michigan State, who aren't necessarily built to to punish you in the ways that they're that they struggle. Uh, they're they're, they're they are they don't get to the line at all. Um and so even though they do have a ton of shot makers and they are among the best shooting teams in the country and they really don't turn it over at all. Um and they're old. They're old. They're the oldest team in the country. Um so those would seem like recipes for sustainability, but I I don't know. I just can can a key, can a team shoot 40% plus from 3 for a season. If they can, they'll stay in this situation, but right now they're shooting it so well that they're masking some of those major deficiencies, at least in the context of how the big 10 likes to play. So I, I think like a stretch, like I could just pull a stretch here, like Purdue, Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, all in a row, like those teams are going to punish them. And so like, you get five in a row, you get a few in a row on the, on the road, you know, Purdue, Nebraska on the road, back to back, like can you keep up that shooting in another team's gym um they've only had i think one true no two true road games of course they housed illinois uh they also lost to clemson so i I don't know i'm skeptical i would love to see it work i love the way that they're playing i love shrewsbury's creativity of like hey we're limited so we're going to play this way i'm going to get a couple guys out of the portal like andrew funk who is a great get out of the portal yeah seems like i mean teams like indiana if they had him would be elevated to another tier you know and and he was just out there waiting for anybody to go grab, really at a buck now. So yeah. Uh, Shrewsbury's done as good a job as anyone, I think, in the portal. I mean, obviously Pickett came from Siena and he's he's ridiculous. I mean, he's probably one of the better. I mean, he's a top five in Ken Palm player of the year right now. So yeah. I mean, the guy's a a national star, no question about it. Um, but with this with the increased scouting, um, I'm worried. I, I think beating Illinois is great, but that's the exact type of team they're built to beat. Yeah, and we saw what, what Brad Underwood, he said, they had the worst two practices he's ever seen leading up to that game. So like, I think they got Illinois at the perfect time, clearly. Yeah. And, uh, and kind of exposed them a little bit there, but yeah, I, I think again, like we said, they'll, they're going to be another team. You don't want to see them on the road, um, at all. Purdue's got them in the palestra. We know that's a scary game, uh, given yeah. the, you know, the Philly fan base for Penn state and, uh, you know, you don't want to see them on the road if you're a big 10 team, but I, I do think they'll struggle to win on the road really will struggle, even though they just beat Illinois. Uh, They will struggle with some of those physical knock you down, get every rebound. I mean, they're not going to get any second chances. No. So it's essentially comes down to are we making every three or not? And I just I, I got to see it to believe it. That's tough for me to buy all the way in on. That being said, I still think like, if they go what 18 and 13, like, and win a game in the tournament. Like they're, they're on the bubble. They're squarely on the bubble, I think right now oh, as yeah. a team. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. And they're, they're going to, if they do end up making the tournaments, like, you know, what, there'll probably be like, if, you know, it kind like, of oh, goes, as you say, there'll be a 10, 11 seed and like, that's going to be a tough, you know. Oh tough yeah. For whatever yeah, yeah. Six, seven seed that, that draws them in the first round. Um, yeah. Yeah. For not, sure. Not a team. I'm, before we move on there's one, you know, kind of just popped into my head. Let's say Penn State was in the ACC or Pac-12 or even SEC. Although you know SEC is really good, yeah. Um, would, would you have the same thoughts, or you think it's more Big Ten specific? No, way? I think
1: it's I think it's Big Ten specific because I think that you got it. Like like Purdue has been the model of consistency in the Big Ten. They get every offensive rebound. They get to the line a lot,
0: hmm. you
1: know. And that formula worked. Now they can shoot it well too. So like they they now Penn State's a better shooting team. That that's clear. But it's like. It's it's really I don't know that we've seen it really what they're doing this year in the Big Ten. So I am kind of banking on history being on my side here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think if they're in another conference, I'd be all in on them. Uh, now probably the Pac-12 or the or the ACC, not the other two big boys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I I think that's a great point because like, they're, but they have to. You know, they have to be different in the Big Ten because if they try to recruit, you know, we've seen that that in the past that they these teams like Penn State or Nebraska or the teams who are kind of n- near the bottom or Rutgers or like those those teams have had to create a unique identity Rutgers has become one of the best defensive teams in the country and just decided we're going to knock you down drag it out um you know Iowa has just gone the other way with it um and found success so maybe they can become an outlier and and I hope that they do but yeah I have to have to kind of bank on history being on my side
0: yeah, no, that, that makes sense. No, like you said, like they're not going to get all the bigs. I like, I mean, I've liked some of the flashes I've seen from Kevin Jai, but you know, he's still yeah, he seems I think he's to, another, a year or two away. But I think
1: he's going to be a good player. But even with him out there, that I think they've got a worse offensive rebounding percentage than when he's, when he's off. So yeah, it's like he's just not, he's going to get pushed around a little bit this first year and he'll be a good yeah, player
0: for sure. So yeah, no, overall, just a really fun team. Um, their team, I'm going to watch like pretty much all their big 10 games. Um, and I, you know, I just, I love Jalen Pickett. He's a top two, you know, favorite player of mine to watch outside of Purdue. He's awesome. Um, yeah. So moving on to our third team, and that is a team that's, um, you know, just, just doing what they always do. They did this last year. They're doing it this season thus far, and that is being ranked really low preseason and then just winning games. And that's, uh, yeah, you know, I got it.
1: I got to take this one first because right, I'm, I'm buying them all the way as a big 10 championship contender. I'm not getting fooled. Like I did last year where I never, I basically was still saying they were frauds up until the la- the buzzer sounded when they beat Purdue and banked those shots in. I think I'm, I think they're maybe even Purdue's number one challenger to the big oh, wow. 10. Yeah. I, I really believe that they're, they're good. Like they're legitimately good. Every time I watch them, They took, they should have beaten Kansas. Uh, really, they that was a lucky shot that beat them against Kansas. Wake Forest is really their only blemish. That was not a great loss, certainly. Off, yeah, yeah. Like that again, Appleby just destroyed them there. They've got five great wins, six maybe, even if you count Stanford. Granted, that was in a baseball Mm -hmm. stadium, yeah. But you know, they 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 beat Dayton, granted, it was by one. They, They beat USC, who's looked a little bit better of late. Um, the Marquette win on the road was, was massive. I mean, that was after Marquette beat Baylor in a rivalry game like that, that showed me, okay, these guys are tough, you know, and then to go and just take care of Maryland and, and win against Iowa, albeit without Keegan Murray. Like, again, we, it goes back to play style. Like, this is what makes the big 10 unique. You know, um, I think they play a style that is very effective in the league. They know how to win games in the league. Like that Iowa game, they probably had no business winning that game. They yeah. held on to the end and then they executed down the stretch did just enough. And that'll be every single game this year. They're going to do just enough, barely win. Everyone's going to be mad at them as usual. They only have to play Purdue once. Uh, and it's at home. They don't have to go to Mackey, um, right at the, end of the which season, too. Yeah. At the very end of the season, which could be for the big 10 title. Um, Crow looks improved. Um, hmm. He's big. He can score with that right hook. I like his mobility. Um, Hepburn is is shooting the heck out of it from three right now. I don't know if that'll last, but he's a tough guard. Uh, nobody, you know, he's one of the better defenders, perimeter defenders, I think, in the league. So he's gonna bother teams. And Wall is just an absolute stud. He just he does what he does. Uh, hasn't been all that efficient this year, but he they've got a clear identity, and that's what I think. You know, some of these other teams are missing. Klesmith stepped in and been good. Asejan. Indiana kid from Fort Wayne is awesome. Um, again, it's just like, what is IU doing with these kids? They just don't, they pass them up and then they go dominate other places. It's like you you need shooting and they just didn't even think about recruiting this kid. He's a stud, uh, 47% from three so far this year, that actually does feel sustainable based on the shots he's getting. And the fact that he hasn't missed a free throw, um, Almost all their guys are up above 70% from the line on, on pretty good volume outside of, uh, outside of Crowell and Gilmore. And, yeah, I just think they're built to win in the Big Ten. I do. I I think I hate to give them credit. I'm not a fan of their, their play style or their coach, but they just do it every year. And this looks like another vintage Wisconsin team that's just going to grind you down uh, and ultimately prevail in the end. They don't turn it over. They play great defense. I think they're 14th in Kempom defensive uh, efficiency right now. Uh, they don't even shoot it all that well, but, you know, they make they make big-time shots, and it's kind of a – it's like an intangible thing. I don't even really know how to describe it, but you you kind of know when you know, and they're I think they have that look of a real Big Ten contender, and I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them right there with Purdue or whoever at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um... I'm I'm opposite. I'm I'm selling them. Okay. I mean, at least right, I'm selling them as a contender. Okay. Um, good. I do think you know I had them. I think tenth or ninth. Looking back, that was dumb. Um, so I think they do finish. It's probably. I mean, I guess right now, honestly, the three teams we talked about is like between Maryland, Wisconsin, Penn State. I kind of have three of those probably finishing between like four and seven. Okay. Um, I, you know, the defense has been really, really good. Um, I'm just a little concerned on the offense that it's sustainable. And then, um, just because, you know, I've digging into the number, some 54% of their shots have been jumpers. Uh, and that's like, you know, that's puts them about 50th best or 50th most out of, you know, all D one 365 teams or whatever. Um, and like, they started out really poor and then now they've been, you know, as of late, they've been hitting. And it really just goes back to me. Like, they just got to lose close games eventually. Like, it just has to happen. I I swear. They're not taking well. well. They just might. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe they just, for the rest of time, they just win close games. But they beat, you know, South Dakota by 26, opening up, Stanford by 10, Green Bay by 11. Then they beat Dayton by one, lost to Kansas by one in OT, beat USC by five, lost to Wake Forest by three, beat Marquette by three in OT, beat Maryland by five, and then beat Iowa by three in OT. So out of their last seven games, they're five and two, all of them decided by five points or less. Three of them are an OT. Um, Just the math in me just says that that has to reverse at some point, but maybe it doesn't. Um, You know, I really have liked Chucky this year. He's, you know, he's been shooting so well. He got off to a really slow start, but um, he's been shooting really, really well since then. The one of my favorite freshmen to watch in the big 10. I think what he provides as a movement shooter is something Wisconsin needed desperately Um, I think really maybe, you know, Klezmit can kind of, um, but aside from Klezmit season probably the only real movement shooter I trust. I don't really trust Jordan Davis shooting and Chucky's more, uh, self-creation slash like he's, he's, you know, more, uh, self-creation or just stand still kind of catch and shoot, um, which are obviously, you know, both, both needed, not, not knocking him for that. Um, wall's been solid to me. This is his lowest two point percentage of the of his career if it was you know to end right now, um, but he's been he's been struggling some on the interior which worries me, but I you know I think it's because teams are really starting to load up on him just because of how good he is like you you yeah, have it's to give him it's his
1: role now yeah it's his role now yeah. yeah like you
0: you have to load up on defense um, but yeah no I do I have liked the defense a lot I think um, you know like you said Crowell's been really good protecting the interior I've thought. Um, they've done, you know, just a good job, just forcing some tough shots can pretty consistently. Yeah. Looking up only, you know, Wisconsin is another team that just doesn't allow a lot of shots at the rim. Uh, 36% of shots are at the rim, which is, you know, really, really low number. Um, one thing to watch out, even if say that, you know, even if you believe they're going to win every close game, which obviously, you know, maybe they just do. Um, one other area of kind of regression I'll be looking at is they allow, um, they're about 50-50 for um, catch-and-shoot shots, whether they're open or contested uh, when they're on defense. And that's a pretty high rate that puts them, you know, puts them about a third, like third highest, like one-third, 100th uh, overall. Um, but they're having, you know, one of the better defenses on these open catch-and-shoot threes. So, um, you know, we expect that to progress, but also that's partially probably just game plan. Like they're going to live with some guys shooting um, and, and then just have to, you know, Kind of like what Purdue does where you're you're picking guys to shoot and if they make them, they make them if not, oh well. Um, and you you know you just kind of move on from that. So they're gonna be interesting. I th- they're gonna be a pain again. they're you know like I, I definitely like I don't think they end up near the top like right at the top of the big ten, but like it wouldn't be the most shocking thing to me if they do end up there just because they're gonna win you know somehow fifteen games in the big ten and they're gonna their margin of victory is gonna be a combined like nineteen points um, yeah,
1: exactly. And- and I'm just I'm buying in on that. I I can't watch it. I can't like get my hopes up again like I did last year. And I understand that last year they had a closer, the closer yeah. maybe in college basketball with Johnny Davis. Uh, but I just think they have. I don't know. It just seems like their their group this year um is just as effective, and it, it isn't any one guy necessarily. Walls their go to guy. He's actually got the twenty first highest, or using. Tw- 31% of his, of the possessions, which is 21st in the country. That's like, to yeah, which is crazy. Like, and he's not nearly as effective, obviously um, as you pointed out. Um, but I just think they, they they have an identity and I think, I, I don't know how many teams in the league can score, you know, can, are, are good enough offensively to, to, uh, you know, watching that Iowa game. And I understand they didn't have Murray, but Man, Wisconsin just locked down at the end. Yeah. and you know, when they needed to get stops, they got them um and and just really just said, nope, you're you're not scoring here at the end and and did enough offensively to win the game. You know, i I, I think, look, they're they're not the numbers are not going to agree with my argument here, but I do think that they have a knack for winning close games, and that's the. That, you know if they pull a few out in the big 10 all of a sudden they're 14 and 6 versus like 11 and 9 you know and that's the difference to get them into that upper echelon I think they're built to beat teams like Illinois who uh kind of goes hot and cold because at least with Wisconsin you know they're always going to guard you you know mm-hmm. they're always they're, they're similar to Rutgers and that they're always going to guard you and uh so I think they've they're gonna surprise again and, and annoy me all year and annoy you because your your brain is not gonna understand how they keep winning these close games, but it's gonna keep happening. I really He's believe. Keep doing it. I believe it. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. No. There. Uh. One or two quick things. One is, um, their first. Well, okay. When the Big Ten picks back up, Big Ten play. They their first game is home against Minnesota. They also yeah. finish at Minnesota, which is yeah, nice.
1: Perfect. Bookend. Bookend yeah. it
0: that way. But then after this first Minnesota game, it's at Illinois, home against MSU, at Indiana, home against Penn State. um, Uh, At Northwestern, at Maryland, home against Illinois. I mean, I guess it's just kind of everybody, though. Like, when you go down, what? Northwestern will be pesky. Nebraska is going to be pesky. Minnesota, whoever, honestly, Big Ten might just come down to whoever Minnesota can knock off out of, like, the top three teams. Because, you know, they're going to get a couple wins, one or two, like, it's just how the Big Ten works. Um, yeah, they'll
1: beat somebody. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: you know, it'll be a, it'll be a good first stretch. That at Illinois and at Indiana is a week apart. Um, with home against Michigan State sandwich in the middle, so those three games will be very interesting. I mean, if they can, I mean, as long as they go two and one in that stretch, but if they can go three and zero in that stretch, then like they're really really set up. Mm-hmm. Um, we're assuming they beat okay. Minnesota, so then they'll be six and zero at that point, and like two of the tougher road games out of the way. So. Um, the other one other thing are we can just briefly, briefly talk about this. Are you worried about the bench depth at all? Like they really Yeah, yeah, I'm playing seven
1: ish. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're not deep either. I mean I I lev levied that criticism at Maryland and kind of ignored it for the team I was putting the argument in for. But uh yeah, they're not deep. Um I I've liked some of the stuff I've seen from Gilmore. Yeah, Uh, better than I thought. Yeah, he's decent actually, uh, off the bench you know Davis and and Klesman and Ascigeon kind of rotate in and out and I think yeah I think Davis will start to kind of take a back seat as the year goes on with the season, getting more time and he's already getting 52% of the minutes but I think he'll even get more if he can yeah. prove he can hold up defensively uh, why would you yeah. not have him out there you know so yeah I'm worried about it uh, I just think I think this coach and this group has that knack and I, I think they're going to keep doing it. I, I don't really have a great numbers-based argument, but I do think they're, they're going to find a way against some of these teams.
0: Yeah. and know that's sometimes that's, that's what it is, is you just have a good feel. Like you can just see that they're, they're just, they do what they need to do to win. Um, you know, and, they're they're or, and they're already yeah, two and they're already two and which helps true.
1: my point. You know, that's I mean, true. that's huge to get two wins already.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Especially, you know, um, Maryland and Iowa, which are two solid teams. So, and like you said, like I should probably just put some more respect on Greg Guard's name. Um, you know, proven pretty consistently that he's just going to put out a team that wins. So,
1: yeah, he. Um, I think he'd get exposed in any other conference, but I think he works in the Big Ten. I really do. And he was yep. under Orion for years, and that's who they look like. So, you want to move
0: yep. on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll move on to um, two teams that are a team for sure that's been underperforming. And then the other team I was like, I put them in the underperforming category, but then actually we'll, 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 we'll talk about that more. Yeah. First things first though, um, going to start with Michigan. Um, you know, they are six and three and one and oh in conference with their own, their only win being at Minnesota. Um, they have only beat one team that's in the top 170 of Ken Palm. And that was a neutral side against Pittsburgh, in which they just kind of smoked them. Um, and then all, you know, their other five wins are 170 ranked or worse. And then they've lost to a neutral side to Arizona State, home against Virginia, neutral against Kentucky. So, um you, you want to go first or you want me to take this one?
1: Yeah, I can take it. Um, I don't really know if I'm, I guess I'm, it's again, it's just like relative to expectation. Uh, certainly selling them relative to where a lot of people had them preseason, which was top five in the league or top yeah. three or whatever. But, um, uh, you know I think they're I still think they're a pretty good team. I think they're right in that middle ground of the big ten, uh, along with some of these other teams we've talked about. wouldn't shock me to see them finish in the top half of the league, but I do think they're kind of more in that seven eight nine range um you know i i it's weird because they their losses aren't bad. uh the Arizona State one where they got smoked was bad because everybody thought Arizona State sucked, but now they're actually pretty good, mm-hmm. so that one's like kind of aged fairly well um arizona state's gone on to beat uh, colorado stanford and creighton uh so some okay wins there they're not a great team but that wasn't a horrible horrible loss um and then virginia and kentucky both both by close margins who are both top 10 campon teams uh they watching both of those they could have won either of those games Uh, Mm. and if they had maybe their their outlook on the season would change a little bit um as far as they're they're fighting from an uphill battle for the tournament i mean there's no question with the lack of resume wins that they've picked up i mean they, they have north carolina next wednesday and they really need to win that game uh for their for their ncaa tournament hopes uh, i believe it's in charlotte so kind of like a neutral sort of not though um again they've got chances to pick up big wins in the league but you know they only get purdue once so that's knocks them down a little bit. But um. I don't know. I, I, I've liked what I've seen from them a little bit as far as like jet is so good. And, and Bufkins, you know, taking a step, even though he still can't shoot uh, Dickinson. It interestingly take a lot less threes than maybe what I thought he would. He's only taken 11 so far. I thought he'd get up more than that this year, uh, but they've kind of needed him down there as a steadying force on the block. Uh, they, they killed Minnesota and really, may have that may have been a turning point for them um you know there was some awkwardness with llewellyn uh as talented as he is and now that he's gone it's sort of towards acl he's sort of um i don't know like just put mcdaniel in there and let's roll you know and maybe that'll help their psyche as far as like hey this guy's a freshman he's going to make some mistakes but there aren't necessarily the same expectation level um because you know you Llewellyn comes in and you expect him to be really good, and then when he's not, it's uh a little frustrating, so now you have McDaniel in there, and he's small, but i I've liked what I've seen from him so far uh they really don't turn it over at all um they They don't force any turnovers either they they don't offensive rebound, and pretty much otherwise they're they're fairly average but they they do have a good offense I think Jawan's a a good coach, I really do. I think they're always going to have a tough home court advantage. I think it's tough to play at Chrysler and so I I think again they're in that middle tier of seven eight nine. Of course, if I say that about everyone, then who's gonna occupy the top spots? But uh, that's just kind of the nature of the league, man. And I think uh, I think they're they're gonna be pretty solid. I think they're gonna pick some teams off, especially at Chrysler. So
0: yeah, um, I'm gonna. I mean, I was for transparency, I believe I had the third coming into the season. I just I was bought in on Llewellyn. I was bought in on Terrence Williams and Jet. Yeah, you were. Really, the only one that that's shown up from that is jet Um, you know, tough, tough break for Llewellyn, obviously with the, with the torn ACL. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was against. It's tough because they're only the only game without Llewellyn was against Minnesota. So it's like, what can you actually take away? But yeah, but know, at least they killed. Daniel them, looked you know? good. Yeah. No, like yeah, yeah, yeah. They did what they were supposed to do there. Um, but I still just think I think they're not going to be able to overcome the defense um yeah the defense has not been good that's a good point um they're another team i like it's tough going through this because right like i'm buying that they're going to be at you know bottom half of the league team probably like 10th something like that um right but like they could still make the tournament i don't know oh yeah yeah yeah. and like this what it's just what michigan does right like the past at least last year i know you know barely scrape in and then be you know make it further than any other big 10 team in the tourney so yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be, I don't know. They're, they're, Dickinson just um, imposes such a tough matchup. He's, I mean, he's been so good 19.6 points, 8.6 rebounds, one point, 1.3 assists, and 2.2 blocks, um, putting up about a three a game. Uh, like you said, just make, you know, it's four for 11. Um, he's been, you know, just, just really, really good. And I've yeah. like that Michigan has been able to provide at least more spacing around him this year. Yeah. Um, it would, help if Williams um is able to start shooting a little bit better he's you know he's at 28.1 last year he was at 38.5 percent from three um so if that you know kind of gets an uptick that even provides more spacing because at times they've had to put him kind of more in that high post um which then you know they've had some success with the high low with him and Dickinson but Jet Howard's also been a phenomenal he was one of my my freshmen I was really excited to watch coming into the season and he's um, he's probably the only take about Michigan that I've been at least remotely close on uh, <laughs> from, from my, from my preseason 25 for 59, from three 20 for 33 from two um, can shoot, you know, stand still, can shoot off movement is, is willing to put the ball on the ground Has a little bit of a funky release, but it, it goes in a bunch. So, um, you know, he really like swings those legs from, from right to left, which has been, yeah, um, is interesting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a, a NBA scouter, tr- go into the draft or anything like that so you know if it goes in in college that's good enough for me yeah absolutely Um, yeah but yeah i think just they've just struggled a ton at defense they need to find some sort of coverage for dickinson and pick and roll they're just you know i think they're in like the 25th percentile in pick and roll coverage i i I do not like when dickinson hedges or is at the level um i don't think he has the foot speed to recover yeah he's he's
1: really slow man he's really slow
0: like he he doesn't have the foot speed to recover. And I don't think that like the wings and Williams and Jet, at least as right now, have like um just the just are able to rotate in time. Like I, I just has left the roll open a lot, or you know, guard is able to get past and pick and roll and then get a shot from there. And um, Howard's
1: been brutal defensively uh, too. He's been he just add. terrible. Just beat yeah. off balls so much. Um, yeah. you
0: know, that's um you know, if, if, if he can improve that, he's probably a legit first round pick. I'd assume, like I said, I, my, my draft knowledge is more just listening to podcasts and stuff. So right. I'm not, I'm no expert or anything, but right. um but yeah. So Dickinson's going to have to be drop. I assume, but even that he's just not mobile and it, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough at times for him to keep everything in front. Um If they can improve that, then yeah, they could definitely be a top half team, but I, I just don't think that they do so.
1: I agree with that. I agree. I, I didn't really give a buyer. So sell. I'm selling them as well. I don't, but I want to see more, I guess would be yeah. my caveat. I want to see how they gel without the Llewellyn thing. Sometimes that can help a team because it shrinks the rotation. and makes it more obvious, you know, who to play. So
0: yeah, no, for sure. They're going to be probably seven to maybe eight deep now. Um, probably yeah. eight deep, but I think that eighth man might rotate between like Shutter and Howard. Uh, so, or J- Jace Howard, obviously not Jed Howard right right um anything else on them or we move yeah we can move
1: on we can move
0: on all right so we're moving on to the next team that when i was kind of setting this up you know i was you you wanted to keep a theme for the podcast we were like oh let's do buy sell from you know overperforming, underperforming and i put michigan state in this underperforming but like then i thought about it's like are they underperforming compared to preseason expectations like they have a couple really good wins you know pretty bad loss at Notre Dame to be honest loss against Northwestern at home just tough um yeah I don't know what 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 are just your thoughts in general uh state yeah you know I guess I, I should th- also say real quick before this um they all have they have been probably the most injury you know bug team yeah um, Akins yeah. was out for a bit he's you know good guard off the bench for them and then the big ones Malik Hall's only played four games so
1: yeah yeah so I I actually think I'm buying them um, especially after this dip uh, I guess that we've seen with the injuries once the injuries happened Um, because really when they have their full roster their only losses are to Gonzaga and Alabama and those are yeah good losses Uh, they they should have I mean Gonzaga once like throw that out I mean they're on a boat it's the first game of the year, you know. You yeah. you obviously can't throw that out for resume purposes, but from how I view them, I don't really look at that as a loss. They should have really probably beat that, won that game, um, and then the Bama one. You know, they are beat by a better by a better team and a better player. Named, his name's Brandon Miller for Alabama. Yeah. Um, you know, look, they, I, I, they've got a lot of good wins. Like their resume is fine as far as the tournament. Um, the Notre Dame loss is aging very poorly. Uh, you was know, bad. I yeah, it was really bad. They got housed. Uh, Notre Dame can do that to you. Um, they can just go crazy from three, and they did. They went eleven for twenty six in that game, uh, if I remember correctly. But you know, again, they they have the excuse of we didn't have two of our better guys, two of our top seven, and they're right. Uh, those guys played a big role, and uh, then it happened again in Northwestern. Uh, not a good loss, but they bounced back and went at Penn State without Hall. You know, they had Aikens back for that game, but without Hall, so. Uh, I think like they've done what they needed to do, especially against that bear of a non-conference schedule. Um, yeah, I think four you know it would for Kempom. Yeah, toughest. So like, if they had beaten Notre Dame, I think they'd be really, really happy right now, sitting pretty. Because uh, they lost to Northwestern. Like, who cares? Really, it happens. Um, I I think I buy them as a top five team in the in the league. I think I'll say that. I think they'll finish in the top five of the league. Um, I was skeptical going into the year because we just hadn't seen these guys do it, but playing this tough of a schedule, surviving it, um, getting some real, real reps for guys like Pierre Brooks and Kohler and Aikens and Sissoko's had his moments. He hasn't been. Everyone was freaking out about him after the first week. Mm-hmm. He's not been that really that guy, but he's still a, a nice player. Like I just think they have a lot of nice players. I think they're probably deeper than most teams in the league. Uh, even Trayvon Holloman's been been okay like from what I've seen from him he's been kind of interesting um you know when they get Hall and Akins back they go eight nine deep not necessarily eight nine guys you want to play all the time but at least guys who can play um and it's Izzo you know like I I just trust Izzo and I think I think they'll be okay now they only get Minnesota once which sucks um and so you know you have to look at the schedule minutiae of it they've got Purdue twice looks like uh, Indiana twice um illinois you know so yeah once uh on the road so it it isn't schedule isn't doing them any favors wisconsin once which is on the road um but again just in terms of like power ranking the teams i think they're they're probably in the top five would you agree with that
0: um i have them a little bit lower i think they're more seven eight kind of range. i think they'll be pretty
1: much right in the middle yeah Um, so would you have rutgers in there or Iowa, or who would you? Who would be your Iowa, forefather?
0: Iowa, I would have above Michigan State. Yeah, um, assuming Chris too. Murray comes back and is healthy. Yeah, um, I think I would too. Michigan State, Rutgers, is kind of in the same range for me, uh, for very different reasons. But um, I'd probably have Michigan State over Rutgers. Rutgers would be, would probably be Rutgers a little bit below. Yeah. I can't think of who of them. oh oh I have Ohio State oh yeah, Ohio State. I'm State. forgetting
1: about Ohio State too, so maybe not in the top five, maybe a little bit lower, but, but and i I think, like I said, I think Wisconsin will finish ahead of them. but go ahead,
0: yeah, um no, I think this is just a team we just have to we i mean they need hallback. I don't actually know any timetable or anything like that for him, but um, yeah, you know, like they have good wins, they have a couple bad loss or not great losses, um, yeah. I, you know, like you said, Sissoko was great the first week, and I think he's been solid since then. I think, um, you know, he's he's not at that first-week level, which is fair. Like, what, he played, like, five minutes a game last year, and he's going to, you know, play 22 minutes a game this year, rebound well, protect the rim pretty well. Like, um, I think if you if you told – if you threw out those first two games and told any Michigan State fan that Sissoko would give you 20 to 25, you know, solid minutes a night, like, they, they would take that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and with him, he's definitely more of a rim runner, I think, and not like an actual post player. Um, I think, you know, Hoggard, uh, AJ Hoggard's gonna get him a lot on, on lobs and rolls and stuff. I don't know if I trust Sissoko as much purely as like a post up guy. Um mm, yeah. it kind of leads me to why I don't think they'll be near the top. Um, it's just like they're gonna be so, so reliant on on Hoggard and Walker just to self-create. Um, you know, it's it's been a lot of jumpers for them too um against you know alabama that alabama game they took i forget how many they took so many just pull-up jumpers um and and couldn't hit them but they're gonna be i don't know they're gonna be just solid like i don't think they'll be great i don't think they'll be bad i think they'll be solid i don't think they are quite deep enough or have enough weapons to really really compete but they have enough talent to put them above that that bottom tier um i think you know at the big depth I, i think like i think kohler's a year away i think he needs better conditioning to really be able to compete in the big 10. Um, although I do, you know, I think he has like a lot of the footwork and fundamentals that will make him good in a year or two. I just yeah. don't think it's this year yeah. specifically. Um, yeah. and so when the goes to the bench, like I, you know, I don't trust Cooper. I don't really trust Kohler right now. And so like, is it going to be Hauser at the five? Is it going to be Paul at the five when he comes back? Um, Hauser's been solid, you know, shooting the ball really well, 21, from 49 from three. Um, Tyson Walker shooting well. Pierre Brooks is shooting well. Pierre Brooks is shooting really well, to be honest. Yeah, he doesn't play
1: team. a lick of defense, though. So. He no. is probably the he might be the worst defender in the Big Ten. Seriously. <laughs> he might be from what I've watched. Him or Jet Howard really are buying for that spot.
0: Fair. He is
1: so bad defensively. He's a good shooter, but my God, is he bad defensively? Yeah, I think I just, I just think Hall and I don't know. I think Hall is a pretty unique guy for the league. You know, you don't see a lot he of is. big wings. Now I know he's been more potential than production so far um but man I like his his archetype kind of and and uh he was playing fairly well when before he went down um and I think I think Walker and Hogar I think they're really good together so I I think those guys will will kind of elevate their their ceiling above what maybe um it should be cuz their front court depth is as good as as good as Hauser's been, he's just a tough play defensively, and you know, yeah. Definitely. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into being lower on him, but I, I, they have a good resume right now. They really do.
0: Yeah, no, they're gonna be. They're gonna. I don't see really a scenario where like they don't make the tourney or anything like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, they'll be firmly in the. They'll probably be like an eight nine.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I thought on the defensive side, like I think the perimeter defense has been solid. And then it's just been the interior defense that has, has not been great. Um, you know, especially when Sissoko's not out there. I think they don't really not I, I don't, you know, not even really like they don't have a rim protector if Sissoko's not out there. No. Um I'm trying to remember, I think Kohler's been playing some hedge and like he's been,
1: he's been hedging. I've actually watched a good amount of them. He's been hedging and yeah. trying to get back, but he, he lacks some foot speed and conditioning, like you said. Yeah. Uh, I, I he's got good he can, footwork, but
0: yeah. Like if he can get if you know. He's 18, 19. I assume like if, you know, once he gets a full year of conditioning under him, I think he'll be really good in the big or be really solid in the big 10. I just don't think that's now. And they, they need it now. Um, But the other thing that's interesting is they are just playing a lot slower last year. Their offensive average uh, possession length was 94th fastest in the country right now they're 280th. And that was the thing with them last year was like, you really – you know, and obviously they had, you know, a couple wings and stuff in the what, – what was it, like Brown and
1: – who am I thinking uh, of? Bingham, Max Christie. Bingham and Gay Brown. Christy too, yeah. Oh,
0: Christy, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Julius Marble, you know, I don't know yeah. he's not perimeter threat, but still just a good – A lot player. of random
1: guys, just random not great guys, yeah.
0: But this year it's only 280th, so they're not really getting out and running. They're playing more half-court and really just get into the pick-and-roll with Hogger and Walker, which can work. Um, Walker is, you know – Specifically to Purdue, Walker might take 15 pull-up mid-range against Purdue. Yeah, and he'll make him. He's going to snake every, every one and then just get into like an 18-foot pull-up. Um,
1: yeah, he's good. He's really good. I, I've been impressed with him this year probably more than anybody for them.
0: Yeah, I I think Hoggard's the one that's impressed me the most just because of his passing in that. His jumper, that's, at least – he looks at least confident taking it. It's not going in. It's You know, it's at 29%, but he yeah. seems confident.
1: Yeah, he he's very – he's he very smooth. He's very smooth in pick and roll. Him and Walker, they really know how to run the pick and roll. And just having Hauser kind of camped out in that corner is nice for them. Yeah. Um, you know, Hall is usually a guy when he's out there, you can help off him. But, you know, yeah, I think they, again, they they do have a pretty good formula for winning in the league. Uh, and they have kind of the talent, but maybe the depth is is just going to bite them. You know, and how many teams really are deep in the league? I mean, we, we're, so, we're so lucky at Purdue where Painter's whining about he can't play enough guys because of how good Edie is talking yeah. about Kaufman, ran and first and just, it's, it's nice to be a part of a program where you have guys like that. And then you're like, you're not even worried about them transferring or anything like that. Like that hasn't yeah. even crossed my mind just because of the personality types that Purdue gets, but yeah, just to sure. flex on I Purdue would. a little bit here. <laughs> I like it.
0: Get him in. And that is, I mean, uh, you know, we can say that about Michigan state now, the lack of death, but you know, in the year or two when, when all their recruits come in, uh, it'll, it'll be a different story.
1: Yeah, yeah, it will be, it will be, but I, I don't know. I'm not quite as high on their recruiting class. And in fact, I've coached against a lot of them. So I would probably, well, maybe, we maybe we'll have a conversation in the off season probably. Yeah.
0: Just about to say, we'll, we'll do an off season podcast kind of going through that. So, all right. That's kind of it for the buy and sell. We're going to talk about Indiana and Illinois just more, just because we want to talk about them, you know, two of the top, I would say, I'm saying two of the top 3 teams in the Big 10. I know some will probably have Illinois lower, one of them maybe being you. Um, <laughs> as far as so, finishing
1: in the league, I think they're not going to finish in the top 3, but I power ranking I'd have them in the top 3.
0: Do you want to go with Illinois or Indiana first? Yeah, let's
1: do Illinois. I'm interested. What do you think about we got to break down the inner, the Underwood stuff cuz that was the just coach crazy. Like, Yeah,
0: no, that's Yeah, just I'll, do I'll it a little bit and then let you like
1: well I'm just interested in your thoughts because it it's kind of some people kind of either love it or you hate it you know
0: um I, I mean I think it is fair to be mad um and I know he's more of a fiery coach and that's you know acceptable um definitely you know you can get after players stuff like that the the comment of like I hope that they're miserable during finals was kind of rubbed me wrong but uh, um, yeah but yeah I don't know it's just like you don't know the, you know, the alternative motives that he kind of has with that of trying to get to like that comments, those comments weren't for the media. They were probably directed at his team, like for his team to hear. Yeah. Um, I do think like you can probably handle it a little better, but I've also never been in that spot of my team just getting destroyed at home after a big win. So yeah, you're, think... you're, you're the coach. So what, well, kind of no, I mean
1: not, it? I'm not even like any kind of authority on this, but I mean, he, he, I think yeah, like you said, you hit it on the head. Like I think he knows his team, you know, and so what are they going to respond to? You know, uh, a lot of coaches probably would would just brush it off, and because they're because they're they know their team, and they know that um, you know their team would respond better to just saying, oh, you know, we had an off night. They hit shots, uh, whatever the case may be. Obviously, Penn State went twelve for twenty four from three. You know that's. A valid excuse, but sometime. yeah, like that's like totally like he could have just said, you know, oh, yeah, they got hot and whatever. But I think he knows his team and he knows, obviously, the comments about practice were illuminating as far as they got back from the Texas win and just kind of, um, you know, just kind of slept walk through practice. And and then, you know, you get to a game. It's like this. He's probably thinking in his head as they're practicing, like, hey, these guys can absolutely beat you Saturday uh these are not this is not like last year's penn state team or the year before that you know what i mean like so um and even last year's team could have done some damage but um yeah you know like i just think he knows his team and he probably wouldn't have said it if he didn't think his team um wouldn't respond well to it um but i agree like like a little bit of it I, it obviously like the finals week comment like he he may have taken it a little bit too far but i also think like And then I saw like Shannon came out and was like, Hey, we got your, like we'll play harder or whatever. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's a, it's a motivational tactic more than anything. I saw, I just saw some people complaining about it and I thought, Oh, well, you know, it, it just, it, he has to be true to his personality. And if that's his personality, personality. then then that's his personality, you know? And so like, he's got to be that way all the time and be genuine. And, and Mm
0: -hmm. you
1: know, it'd almost be weird for the players if they came out and heard him kind of coddling them publicly um, so I think just, that's kind of my thoughts on it, but, but looking yeah. at their team, you know, we don't really have a buy and sell component here. Like I, I think they'll, they'll finish, uh, four to six in the league in the standings, but mm-hmm. I do think they're the third best team or second best team. I don't really think there's much separation between IU and Illinois as far as like overall who's better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think some of the concerns I've had, like of just them, um, I don't know, just, I, I don't know how well they'll hold up in league play as far as um, I just, I just, to me, like a team like Wisconsin will finish higher than them because of the style they play and how effective they are at playing it. Uh, whereas I think Illinois is a young team. They're a very young team. They're, they're a new team and maybe they grow as the season goes on. Uh, but all these freshmen and and younger guys and, and guys coming in, um, you know, there's, are just going to struggle against teams like Penn State who are old and, and know exactly what they want to do. I still don't think Illinois has a great identity. And that's been kind of my thing this whole whole podcast. But it, I just don't know that they know exactly what they want to do on each given possession. And if you don't know exactly what you're going to do, uh, you're naturally going to struggle, especially with a young team. You know, Purdue is the best team in the league. They know exactly what they're going to do every possession. Yeah. Um, there's you so like much, the consistency. yeah, even with the freshmen, cause their freshmen aren't, aren't playing like it, Penn state knows exactly what they're going to do. These are our weaknesses. These are our strengths, uh, with Illinois, there isn't, that isn't hundred percent clear yet. You know, Underwood has been known as up-tempo in your face kind of defensive team, and they've been very good defensively. Um, but again, I just, I just, I don't know. It's something about them that I don't think they're going to be able to be consistent on a game in game out basis in the league, that doesn't mean they won't finish high. That doesn't mean they won't win the big 10 tournament or the to go with the furthest of any big 10 team in the, in the NCAAs. Cause they absolutely could do that. Um, but outside the top 300 in terms of age, um, you know, shooting it. Okay. Turning it over a ton. Um, I think those things are, are a little bit scary for me as far as the league play.
0: Yeah, no, you, you hit on a lot. I think that that's pretty accurate. Um, I think, yeah, offensively, they just don't, offensively in the half court, they don't have like a identity. Yeah. It's, you know, one game it's Shannon hitting like nine threes. Another game it's Hawkins trying to create. Some games it's Danger down low. Um, Then you have like the freshmen kind of sprinkled in. Melendez and Meyer's been better as of late. Melendez hasn't been great all year. Um, He's been solid, I think, but not, I don't think he's taken the jump that some people have wanted him to, including me. Um, Meyer was just flat out bad to start the year. Like, he he just was he's he's come on the past two games and i think that's going to be a big help going forward if he can be like a consistent half court threat yeah but Um, he's up and down that's just who he is
1: you know yeah
0: i was um you know i think that's where you start is the half court offensive struggles and i was kind of looking into the numbers um they're actually they're in the 77th percentile for half court offense which surprised me then they're in the 95th percentile on after timeout plays and plays that are coming from out of bounds so uh, what that kind of tells me is like if something's scripted for them like and it, it honestly it makes sense if they have something scripted for them they have the athletes and players and skills to like you know just really uh, facilitate well with hawkins or you know get the shot that they really really want. and then when they're more in that free flow or attempt to be a free flow half-court offense is when they're really really struggling um, yeah you know they don't really have like a discernible action or something that they can go to um the only one, the only consistent action I've seen is when danger is in, they'll run like a, a Ram screen with him, where he's the one setting the, like the down screen, mm-hmm. um, which yeah, the RAM yeah, screen is a down screen up into a high pick and roll. Um, and then they'll have like an exit screen on with it. But aside from that, they don't really have, I haven't really seen like a consistent, this is what we're going to go to. Um, and that just kind of speaks to their players in general too. You know, Taryn Shannon has shot much better, but also a lot of it, his numbers are being influenced a lot by one or two games. Um Sky Clark's actually shooting a lot better than I thought. I, When I was looking up percentages, I was totally expecting him to be in like the 32%, but he's actually like 39%, which is surprising.
1: Yeah, um, he's been good. He's been okay, just like low volume, really. Yeah. I, yeah. He hasn't really been willing to shoot it as much as I thought he would. I, I agree. Like, I think, I think lack of a, I think they to me seem like a team who will lose more 50 50 close games at the end than they'll win. That, that That's makes just. Sense my take on it. I don't know how you feel about that, but it just seems like, can they execute down the stretch? I mean, some of these games that have been close outside of Shannon, just going nuts uh, and outside really Texas just handed them that game on a silver platter, Uh, not to take anything away from Illinois, but, but my goodness was that a collapse. And then, you know, and and you look at some of the other games at Virginia, they they went a wall down the stretch. I mean, that was, that was bad performance and and Penn State they look lifeless so it's like here's amazing performance awful you know like they they literally they're they're we're gonna ride that roller coaster all year because I think a lot of their players that's their their play style Mayor Shannon could be amazing one game would be awful the next you know Hawkins to a certain degree although I think he's a little more consistent yeah so I don't know this is kind of how I feel on them.
0: yeah no I agree defensively I think they're really good um they're gonna be they're really good. And they're another team. That's like, I think they, uh, they would be like, uh, you know, I, th- I still think they're one of the favorites right now for the big 10, although they do have themselves in a big hole with the 0 and 2 start. If they were in the ACC or Pac-12 or something like that, I think they would be legitimate contenders um, yeah. because of their all switch, you know, they switch everything. They can do a good job of just keeping everything in front. The issue is going to be like, and it showed up some with Penn state, um, when teams switch Sky Clark onto somebody that's going to post up, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. In Penn State, it's weird because the one that was doing that is Penn State's point guard and Pickett, who we talked about earlier. But, um, you know, are they going to double? Are they going to just leave Clark on an island? Like, are they go- – like, when it's like Purdue or IU, like, are they going to switch Clark onto, like, Edie and Trace? I- I- like, you can't. Or if no. you do, it has to be double on the catch. Or um, triple, yeah, on the yeah. catch. Which, I mean, Nebraska had some success with that, but – yeah, It'll be interesting. The last thing I just quickly want to hit on with them is the freshman guards have been fun. Um, yeah. You know, kind of yeah. all providing their own individual thing. Sincere's Harris's defense is legit. Um, I like Epps. Epps just, Epps just kind of does a little bit of everything for me. You know, he can facilitate his shot pretty well. I think he's been solid on defense. Um, and then Clark's, you know, more of the – he has the ball in his hands more. Um, hasn't been as, you know – Great as I w- have wanted or hoped for, but he's you know ten year ten games in, coming off a torn ACL and all that. So I think there's definitely room for him to improve. I don't know if you've if you have anything on the freshman. If not, we can just kind of move to Indiana. Yeah,
1: no, I I agree with your thoughts. They've been good. Um, I really like Harris. I really like Epps. Um, Rogers has not done a whole lot, but I think okay, I about they, they look good moving forward. Um, yeah, we can talk IU. Uh, I think to me they're the number one contender with Purdue there. I mean, to Mm -hmm. Purdue, um, I still think what they do is, is very sustainable, uh, and translatable. They haven't had hood Shafino the last, I don't know, is it three games here, uh, who, who gives them a lot because then he he can at least run the show when Johnson's out and kind of be a secondary guy. Um, and that got exposed in Arizona. Yeah. really got exposed with Arizona. Johnson had foul trouble and, um, really got exposed there, but, um, yeah, I think you know, Hood Shafino, I like him. He he's not a shooter. He he can't shoot the three uh at at a high level. I don't I don't think he I didn't think he did that in high school. I don't think he does it now. So his game is a little inefficient. Uh, but I think he does provide a lot with his ball handling and creation as far as like a backup point that they don't have. Um, I've liked what I've seen from them. Like Arizona is a freaking buzzsaw. And if you go down thirty to eight against them or whatever it was, like good luck uh they battled back made it a game you know even though Jackson Davis was neutralized some other guys stepped up Thompson was good mm-hmm. at least offensively Bates was good in that game um and Cop's been very good honestly in his role um i don't know what's he shooting he's shooting 48% from 3 Cop is 23 of 47 um, yeah i mean that's that's big time for him and and not trying to do too much you know been super efficient overall so uh, he's looked great um 13th in the country in EFG according to Ken Palm here. Uh Jackson yeah. Davis has I guess struggled a little bit but apparently he's been dealing with some sort of injury. Um so I wouldn't worry about him I and mean, he's the one constant here, right? Yeah. Um I've liked what I've seen from Johnson like I, I I don't know like the numbers don't really agree um with him being a good player or a great player, but I I just he's had I love
0: some really bad games and I think yeah. he tanks his numbers.
1: Yeah, he's had some bad games. Um, you know, he was brutal against Rutgers, yeah, but well. but it just feels like in the big games his toughness, his tenacity really stands out. The way he can run the show. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where I'd have him ranked or whatever in the Big 10, but I just think he's he's a dog and he brings it in those big games, which I like. Um, and I just like him in the pick and roll. He hits more shots honestly than you think he should, like with his form and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Renews struggled a bit uh since the north carolina game from what i've seen i've, I've watched have watched their last three games so i've got a pretty good feel for them uh kind of sat down and watched all three pretty closely so um yeah I, I i'm still buying them like like bates has been good thompson i don't think is that good but um i i like their their group overall i think most of their percentages are fairly sustainable like i think they can shoot 36 percent from three from what i've seen which they're shooting right now um, they don't really turn it over, you know, and then they're just tenacious defensively. It's not quite as good as it was last year. I don't think from what I've seen, um, maybe that's working more freshmen into the rotation and younger guys into the rotation. Um, but yeah, I, I buy them in. I, I think they're, they're going to be a, a problem for Purdue. And I just think there is an especially bad matchup for Purdue, the way they play, um, kind of taking Purdue out of what they want to run and then just going at Edie on the other end. So. Yeah, I think they're good, and I think they they got as good a chance of anyone. Of course, again, they're they're coming from a a hole now, having lost to Rutgers, but a, a road loss to Rutgers is is nothing to really be ashamed of, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think honestly, you you kind of hit all my talking points too. Um, I think they've been good. They've been they've been better on offense than I expected, and a yeah. little bit worse than on defense. But like a little bit worse from what I was expecting on defense is still you know top twenty five defense. Um, yes. You know, Trace is once again protecting the rim really well. Um, he's facilitating much better, obviously capped by the, the triple-double against Nebraska, but just in general, I think his decision-making has been a lot better. And then the I, the X-Factor is the guards slash small, like, wings pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah. And I guess if I say guard slash wings, that's four of the five players, but more specifically, like, the shooting that comes from it. Um, and, you know, in Johnson's case, like you said, like, he his numbers like he shoots you know he's thirty eight point five percent from three on the year he makes he just makes jumpers that you just don't think should happen Um, you know does a really good job getting downhill into the paint off pick and roll and can kind of facilitate from there Um he's had like I said a couple really bad games and I think that yeah. affects his numbers like um that Rutgers game he was just flat out bad he got you know he, that was the one game he got really really frustrated and it was it was very visible Um but you know, it's just been, it's, they've, they've, they've been good. The shooting is interesting because I think I believe Bates is going to be as good of a shooter. He is cop is, you know, even if he cools down a bit, he's still really, really good. And then it's just, can, you know, the thought I kind of had is like, can they just get one guy randomly per game that can contribute? Like a couple games ago, it was Scott Galloway last game against Arizona. It was um Thompson was like three for four. Like if they can just, it doesn't have to be consistent, but if they can get a second or third guy to just each game just knock down a few threes, then that really opens things up because, you know, what, what Rutgers did was just, and what Rutgers does in general, they didn't just do it tie you, but really packing the paints, It's going to force you to take threes, um, you know, they're long, they're going to take away the rim, they're going to try to get in passing lanes, And then if you get open threes from it, like they're, they're just betting that you're going to miss. Um, and, you know, it, it worked really, really well against IU. So they're going to be interesting. They're going to be a top, you know, two, three contender. Those, those Purdue IU games are going to be so much fun. Um, scary, but fun for honestly, both sides. Um, one just little, little note before uh, maybe kind of wrapping this up is right now they're giving up 1.0 points per possession on post-ups um, it has not been good defense against post-ups and it's actually, it's on decent volume. I think like 85 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just something to monitor as you get really into big 10 play where you know you're going to play the Dickinsons, the Edies, um amores i guess or they already played ruckers so it doesn't really matter as much but you know those type of big guys that just can do that um even wall to a different, certain ex- extent but yeah it'll yeah. be really interesting to monitor that if they can get the shooting to go i use very very legit um they're gonna you know they need, obviously, Huchafino to come back healthy. I, there's reports that he's, like, practicing, I think, today, and then they're, he's going to maybe try to run against Kansas uh, on Saturday, the 17th. So, it'll be interesting. Um,
1: yeah, to, and I think to, they're, yeah. they're going to lose that game. Sorry to interrupt. I think they're going to lose the game, game, but uh, it, no one should expect them to win at Allen Fieldhouse. No. Um, But, you know, I think even with that, don't really freak out about them in the Big Ten. And like you said, I mean – Shoot that. I would love to be in the building. I mean, you'll be in the building at Purdue. I, I will probably not, Uh, but I, I would love to be in either building assembly or Purdue for either of those games. Cause they will be electric. Oh
0: yeah. They'll be two of the most fun games just in the big 10 period.
1: In they the country. The two most. I think yeah. that, I think they're the, the biggest rivalry this year probably in the country with, with how down kind of that Duke Carolina thing is. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, that's, that's fair. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, anything else, anything quick hitting on any other Big Ten teams? I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Nebraska. Obviously, they played well against Purdue, didn't win. I thought they'd been just good in general, um, you know, just from kind of game one. But
1: uh, Yeah, they've been good. Anything. They've been good. I mean, I, I've liked what I've seen from them. I think Rutgers has been Rutgers, you know. Yeah. Um, Can't Iowa, score, but their defense is insane. Yeah, exactly. Iowa winning, beating Iowa State without Chris Murray was nice, and then hanging on against Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, I think they're in the mix as well. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into league play, man. It's uh non-conference is wrapping up. There aren't a, a ton of big non-conference games left. This Saturday Especially is loaded. Yeah. Yeah, this Saturday's loaded and then after that it's it's uh kind of falls off. So yeah, looking forward to getting into the to conference play and feeling feeling great about Purdue, you know?
0: Yeah. No, for sure. It's it's gonna be a fun Big Ten season. It's a good time to be a Purdue fan, although you know, didn't really talk about Purdue this podcast and that's because uh earlier this week we did a podcast just fully dedicated to Purdue season so far so go and check that out um we'll also be having twitter spaces after every purdue game um just kind of going over the games maybe who knows maybe once big 10 play starts maybe we'll uh hop in with a couple you know twitter spaces after other big 10 games see how we're see how we're feeling um but yeah make sure you know follow us subscribe all that stuff uh where where can they find you aiden
1: uh yeah, adding Kunst on Twitter, A I uh, D A N K U K U N S T. Um, let us know like who you'd want to see on the podcast. We can do our best to make it happen. Um, we don't know a ton of people, but we know some people, so we can try to uh, make that happen. Like leave questions, all that stuff. Um, we're we'll, we're happy to answer any of that. If you want to just DM the feed the post uh, Twitter account, and I think yeah. it's at at, at feed, feed the post, the post underscore. underscore uh, feel free to DM either one of us or that account. The DMS will be open there. Um, so like just, yeah, look, we're happy to answer you guys' questions, any ideas, comments, feedback, criticism, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll be happy to look at that cause we want to make this uh the best you know thing possible. So,
0: yeah, for sure. No, this has been, this has been fun. Something we just kind of picked up started. So, um, you know, like you said, follow our, the pocket, the Twitter ad is at feed the post underscore, um, because some random account has feed the post, whatever, feed the post underscore is where you're at. You can follow me at Joe underscore Jackson, twenty two ten. You know, I do Twitter spaces, like I said, with Aiden when he's available or, you know, get other people in after Purdue games. And I think, you know, maybe some big 10 games once they start um, do, you know, film breakdowns of all the Purdue games. And I'm definitely going to do more film threads on Twitter, uh, big 10 games once they start. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. And then we'll, we'll catch you on the next one.